0: Sometimes, all we have to carry us in our Christianity is a promise and a prayer. I'm Femi Assebin, a preacher for the Church of Christ, and in this week's sermon, A Promise and a Prayer, taken from John 14 and 17, we look at this concept. We recognize that we're not always in the place we want to be spiritually, but we appreciate who Christ is and what he's done for us. He's given us a promise and he prayed for us. And when times get tough, we could look back to that promise and that prayer to help us to be who we were called to be. Thank you for tuning in, and hopefully, this message helps you grow in your Christianity and appreciate Jesus that much more. A promise and a prayer. Most time in life, that's all we got to keep to get us going in this life and keep us faithful in Christ, especially in those bad, those difficult times. And it was keeps us faithful when we encounter times to where we understand our relationship to God is not as strong as we would like it to be. It keeps us faithful when we understand what the things that are going on around us are not quite right we find peace. We find comfort. And we find the love of God and Jesus in the fact that we were given a promise and the ability to pray. And it's because of this promise and this prayer, we shouldn't be surprised that at the most difficult time in Jesus's ministry, That's what he gives his believers. John 14 through 17 is known as the farewell discourse. And in Jesus's farewell discourse, he starts off with the promise, and he ends it with the prayer. But it's important to keep in mind the context that's surrounding this discourse, this teaching, this informing his disciples of what's going to happen as he leaves, and the promises he's going to give them, his eternal presence abiding with the Holy Spirit, the depth of love and the unity that he's calling them to, is all told in the context of he's ended his earthly ministry. He has just washed his disciples' feet, showing them how they are to. Humbly serve each other for the glorification of God. And he has just told them that I am going to be betrayed and turned over to the hands of my betrayers to kill me. And you guys are going to abandon me. Even with Peter saying, if all of them abandon you, I never will. I'll die with you. And then Jesus tells them, no, you're not. And he's troubled. And this leads us into his farewell discourse. And what's interesting is as we read this discourse, we understand that Jesus is troubled to the point to where he reveals to them that you guys are actually going to abandon me. And this is going to be a, a difficult time for me because I'm going to die. I'm going to return back to my father, but going back to my father means I have to go on a cross and I'm going to do it. With nobody but God alone, all the people that were by my side, that I taught, that I healed, that I fed, that I poured my life into are going to abandon me. And that's okay because that is what I came to this earth to do. But it wasn't easy and it troubled Jesus. And at this time to where we would think that Jesus in his humanly form would need comfort from his friends. He finds himself comforting them. You see, he starts off by giving them a promise. Well aware of what he is about to do. Well aware of the distance that his friends, his disciples are about to create because of the tribulation that he's going to go through. He gives them A promise and as he gives him this promise he goes and he explains exactly the depth of it what he calls him to he ends with a prayer and they're almost like two sides of the same coin this promise that jesus gives is he's going to go to heaven this prayer that jesus says is god let them come to heaven to see my glory And so with that in the back of our mind, let us look at this specific promise and this specific prayer that Jesus says. The first one, John 14, starting at verse one. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may also be. And you know the way where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, Lord. We do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let's read verse number 20. In that day, you will know that I am in the Father and you in me and I in you. Verse 23, Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. You see that promise? This promise is that Jesus is going to make. A place for his disciples. He's going to come back and he's going to bring them to that place. But until he brings them to that place in heaven, that they will have God's presence with them while they are on this earth. God is not leaving those who have put faith in Jesus alone in the absence of Christ. Other passages will talk about how the paraclete will come, the Holy Spirit will will, will guide in truth, it will comfort, it will lead us into understanding of God's word. But the promise that I want us to focus on specifically is the fact that Jesus, who has spent time with his disciples, is actually going to heaven to prepare a place to bring them back to. And this is his prayer found in chapter 17 and verse number 24. This is not the whole prayer, but this is just the kernel of the prayer that I want us to to focus on for our sermon. Father, I desire that they also whom you have given me may be with me where I am to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the World, that's beautiful that Jesus at this time, to where it would appear that He was the one who was needing comfort, He was the one who was needing strength, He was the one who was needing assurance that He was loved, that He was not alone, actually gives it to His disciples who had shown or who was told that they would falter, who was told. That they would not live up to their calling who demonstrated in Thomas and Judas that they didn't have the full understanding of what God was calling them to. And Jesus is telling them in the midst of all of this, I still love you. I know your shortcomings and I am going to prepare a place for you despite you because of who I am. And as we think of these two concepts, it's just to clarify in our minds, a promise that is unfulfilled is a lie. And we know that Jesus does not lie. God cannot lie. And John has wrote this gospel with specific stories highlighting the validity of Jesus's message to get those who read it to who hear it to believe. So he's not going to add anything in there that would betray the point of the gospel. Jesus is going to heaven to prepare a place and coming back to receive those who have faith, who believe in him, to take them to dwell eternally in that place. A prayer, slightly different. But for the most part, a prayer is made in faith as a petition to God for God to perform an act for the person praying that really puts God and the prayer on the same page. It's supposed to align the thoughts and actions of the one who's putting their trust in God's will with God's will. And that's why they pray. Because they believe that God is going to answer those prayers. And if they're praying in accordance to what God has promised, we are assured that that prayer will be answered if the person praying is demonstrating faith and obedience. And we know Jesus was faithful. Jesus was obedient. So as Jesus Promises and prays for those who put faith in him to be with heaven. We know that those who have faith and who are obedient to Jesus will make it to heaven. And that's reassuring. Because when Jesus decides to give this promise and when Jesus decides to, dis, to, to say this prayer, It's not at a high point in the disciples life. It's not when they're doing good. It's not when they're demonstrating a full knowledge and understanding. It's not when they are going out in faith. It's not the fact that they said, Jesus, I'm going to be with you. And then Jesus said, yes, you are. No, it's in the midst of them asking who's going to betray you. I will die with you. No, you won't. You are all going to scatter. What do you mean you're going to the Father? We don't understand what you're saying. And it's when this context is taking place, the disciples are not strong, they're weak. They're not understanding, they're confused. And Jesus is loving, Jesus is compassionate. And Jesus overlooks the trouble in his life to bring peace into his disciples. And that's when he tells them, you're going to be in heaven with me. I know this because I'm going to make a room for you. And also, I'm praying to God that you get to experience, you get to see the glory that I had with the Father before the foundation of this world. And the reason why I believe that this is important is because we go through a lot. There are times when we feel distant from God. There's times when we know that we haven't lived up to the measure of faith that we're supposed to. There's times when we're sick. There's times when life is going on and we just haven't demonstrated the understanding that God would have us to demonstrate in his son, Jesus Christ. And it causes us not to be at the best. But even when we're not at our best, Jesus looks down on us And he says, you are going to be in heaven with me. Not because what you've done, but because I have done it. Because I desire it. Because I have made a way for it to happen. Because I love you. Even though you're human. And even though at times you think you're going to do better than you actually do and you're going to fall. And I know that this is going to happen, but it's not going to stop me from going to prepare a place in heaven for you. Because this is what the father desires. He sent me to this earth to draw those who would believe on me to him. And you have demonstrated The necessary faith to do it. Because where does he start? They believed in God. And their belief in God necessitated that they believe in Jesus. And we today too can be assured that if we believe in the Father and we believe in the Son. And we have been obedient to his commands. Just because we make a mistake. Just because life gets hard, just because we might be confused at a point or two, does not mean that we will not make it to heaven because it's not based on us. It's based upon what Jesus has done and Jesus's desire for us to be with him there. And that should bring us comfort because we have a lot to be troubled about. Because we're humans. Because as we walk with Jesus, as we walk with those who are walking with Jesus, we understand at times there's going to be those who have ill motives. Who are going to betray Christ for earthly gain. There's going to be those who are questioning if they will be faithful There's going to be those who think they're going to do more for Jesus than they actually do. And it's going to cause us to be doubtful. It's going to cause some dissension even amongst those who are closest of peers. It's going to cause us to question our status before Christ. But we can be assured that if we're faithful, even at those low points in our lives, that that's not a sign that God's not with us. That that's not a sign that Jesus has abandoned us and has given up on us because we have to an extent given up on him. No, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms, and I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and I will bring you there. And that's why we demonstrate faith in Christ. Even when we acknowledge we have fallen short. Even when we recognize that because of our faith, we can't see the way forward. We're trusting By doing what God would have us to do. We hear some of the teachings of Christ and we question what he is saying, but we know that it is still true. Listen to Thomas. Lord, we don't know the way. What does Jesus say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. And when he tells him this, the way that Jesus is saying is I am the way, the way through tribulation. My way is going to be through a cross. My truth is going to be in opposition to the lies that this world is saying against me by saying that I am not the son of God because they don't know. And my life will happen when this earthly life has been taken from me to show that the life that I came to give is not rooted in this world. The way is through obedience to God's will, no matter what that costs us. The truth is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he is the only way to God. And that life, is death to ourselves, but life to Jesus Christ through faith and obedience. And that's what Jesus Christ is telling his disciples. But he's telling them this, bookended by a promise and a prayer. And that promise is that we will be in heaven with Jesus no matter what we have to go through if we remain faithful. Not saying that it won't be easy. No, saying that it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. It's going to take everything of us and more because God gives us his spirit to be strong enough to make it through this world, but we have a place. And that prayer is that you, that we, to see Jesus as he is in his full glory the glory that he shared with God before the foundation of the world you see we know Jesus in his humbled state we know Jesus as a man who came and who allowed he allowed men to ridicule him, to mock him to put him on a cross to make him suffer a shameful death But how Jesus wants us to know him is as God, supreme over everything else in creation. And he wants us to see his full glory because we followed his humbled state. We put faith in what he did as a man so that we can make it to heaven and experience Jesus as he fully is God incarnate. And that's his prayer for us. That we don't allow this world to keep us from what he's calling us to. That we don't allow ourselves to not be mindful of our relationship To God through Jesus Christ. And now we rely on the promise to guide us. Even when we don't always live up to it. Knowing. That Jesus has already prayed. Already asked God. That we get to see him. As he truly is. And that was not just a prayer. That was his desire. And that keeps us. Recognizing our value, recognizing our worth, and recognizing the love that God has for us. Because it's not based upon what we have done. It's based upon what Jesus has done. Because when we're honest with ourselves, we recognize when we have fallen short. We recognize that I'm not quite Where I want to be. But Jesus says, if you're in me, you're where you need to be. And we'll work on the rest of it. And he gave us a promise that we'll be with him when he comes back. And he prayed for us to the father that that would actually happen. And because Jesus gave us a promise, because Jesus prayed for us, it offers us an example of how we're to be. We're to rest assured on the promises of God because that's what guides our life, because that's what centers us. That what assures us that no matter what we're going on, what God has told us, what Jesus has told us is going to happen if we're guided by that. We are to constantly be in prayer with God through Jesus Christ for the things that we want, we need to bring us into the relationship that God wants. What does Jesus tell us? Acts in my name and God will give it to you. Yes, we must be obedient. Yes, we must demonstrate faith. I'm not negating any of that, but what I'm saying is that Jesus has left us this avenue of prayer in his name to the Father so that we can receive the blessings that he came to give us. And we don't have to second guess it because it's not based upon us. Because when Jesus does his demonstrations for his disciples is at a time to where they weren't living up to the full measure that they were supposed to. But what happens, he gives them this promise. He prays for them. And later on, they grow to where they're supposed to be, just like we're to do. So no matter what's going on in our lives, almost everybody on here is looking at the back end of their life. We've lived to a certain point and now we're in expectation that we have less days ahead of us than behind us. And it's that promise that's guiding us, that promise that 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 is calling us to be more and more of what God wants us to be in Christ each day. And we can pray for what we need help with. We can pray To God for what we want. Because if we understand that promise. We'll know his will. And those prayers will be predicated on God's will. And not on our selfish desires. And that's where I want to leave us. Because we'll look at this uh, farewell discourse next week. Another aspect of it. But I wanted us to see that as it begins and as it ends, it's all with Jesus's understanding, teaching desire for those who believe in him, no matter what's going on in their lives, to be with him in heaven and to see him as he truly is, because we believed him. As he was on this earth and he died for us and all he's asking is is for us to live for him so that we can live with him eternally and see him as he truly is. And that's our hope. That's our desire. Is that Jesus' promise for us is fulfilled. Because if it's not fulfilled, it's not going to be on Jesus. It's going to be on us. Our hope is that the prayer that he prayed for us is going to be actualized. Because if it's going to be actualized, it's not going to be because Jesus didn't have faith. It's going to be because we didn't have faith. And since we dedicate so much of our efforts and energies to Jesus we might as well put forth more and more as a day draws clear, day draws nearer for us to be with him eternally. Because we recognize that we lose affinity for this world. We recognize that there is something greater, that there is something more meaningful than what we're doing now in this flesh. And we want to live to the full the full potential of who God is calling us to be. And it's not based upon us. It's not based upon what we can do. It's based upon who's calling us. God loves us and God wants us to be with him. And we have demonstrated in our lives that we love God and we want to be with him. And so these words, I say, more... For the impact of comforting us as God's people, reminding us of why we do this. Because sometimes it gets difficult because we're alive. Things are going on in this world that causes us to question our relationship, that causes us to question what's going on, that causes us to look at this world and recognize it's just not right. But that should never cause us to question the validity of the promise that Jesus has given us. And it should never stop us from praying to be with Jesus and to see him as he was before he came to this earth. My constant prayer for us is that we continue to grow and hold on to God's unchanging hand no matter what life throws at us. We are going to have trials, we are going to have tribulations, we are going to have high, high points in our spiritual walk, we are going to have low points. But my prayer is that when it's all said and done, our faith remains strong. And that the time we spend together on this earth will help us to be eternally in God's presence. I'm not sure where that sermon leaves you. My prayer is that you will contemplate it and incorporate it into your Christian life. If you're not a Christian, I ask, what's stopping you? God sent his son Jesus to freely extend the gift of salvation to all who will follow him. To get that salvation, one must follow the example set out in scripture. The book of Acts, which details the church's beginnings and expansion, shows us biblical examples of those who were saved. A good place to look is in Acts 2. You get Peter preaching the first gospel sermon and the response of those who heard and believed his message. They repented and were baptized, which added them to the church Christ established. The Bible only teaches of one church. If you want to be added to it, go to your local church of Christ and tell them your desire to be washed of your sins and to live a godly life. Study your Bible, put its teachings to practice, and you will make heaven your home.